Welcome back to the Strength to Change podcast. I am your host, Nick, and I'm super pumped for episode two with Mr. Jonathan Alsheimer. He's a middle school teacher at Fredland Middle School in Woodbridge, Virginia, and he is absolutely creating change not only in his classroom, but in his school and now impacting other students and teachers using social media and setting the example for others to follow. I'm excited for you to hear this episode. He shares why he became a teacher, the influences on his life, and how he is impacting those around him as he continues to move forward as a teacher and then his future plans to continue that impact. Enjoy the show. Strength to Change podcast. This is episode two of our long form interview style podcast where we interview change makers in the world that are really just doing more, going above and beyond to impact those around us. Today, we're lucky enough to have Mr. Jonathan Alsheimer of Fredland Middle School. What's up? What's up? Nice to be here, Nick. Nice to be here, fans. How you doing? <laughs> to the fans. <laughs> to the fans, the people. Uh, I appreciate you being with me. I know you're a busy guy. You got stuff after school going on, but we're squeezing this in, so I really appreciate your time. Of course, of course. Love to help. Uh, I found you, obviously, working through Fred Lynn Middle School and doing the after-school program, and the more I see of the school and the kids that are here, the students, I just see the impact that you're having on them, so that's why I wanted to bring you on the show. Thank you. Um, and I think it'll be influential to other leaders in the education space to kind of learn from you and see what you're doing and hear your background and your future. And I know that you can provide a lot of value, so I'm excited. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Excited as well. Thank you for making me sound pretty awesome. <laughs> I think I sound better than I am. No, no. All right, so I want to start with kind of your background, you know, where you're from, how you got into teaching, what made you want to become a teacher? Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I actually come from a family. My whole background's teaching, really. You know, my parents were both teachers. The most influential teacher in my life was my father. And my mother, of course, too, she taught, you know, the younger years, but my dad was my teacher. He was actually my teacher, and I still say to this day, he was my favorite teacher. You know, I didn't have the opportunity to be in my mom's class, but my father was an incredible teacher. He made, you know, talk about going into a classroom not knowing what to expect. I mean, my first day in my father's class, he flung himself over the desk just to get the students' attention. So, you know, I come from this background of teaching where, you know, I've grown up in it, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And so, you know, I, I've taught 10 years. Um, I've taught in two different school districts, um, one out west in Kansas City. I taught in an inner city school district, and then I moved uh, back to New York, got my master's degree, and then moved down and got my first job in Virginia at Fredland Middle School when the school, you know, used to be a failing school, and now look at us now. So Yeah, awesome. I love hearing that because you don't often hear, or I guess I don't often hear, that there's like a family tradition of educators. Yeah. Um, You hear, you know, people taking over the family business or, you know, whatever it may be. But hearing that there's a family lineage of educators and kind of you being developed by your father and now you're becoming your own, like obviously already coming into your own self and taking what you know from him and his experience to your experience. And I think that's that's kind of a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, Kind of what was the biggest thing you took away, number one, from your father as an educator? Honestly, it came down to this, you know. Growing up in a household of teachers, but having my dad as a teacher, you know, I grew up with this, I was immersed in history, so I had this already love of history, but the one thing that my father taught me 
was to essentially, when you're a teacher, you're a coach. And I, and I love sports. I grew up with sports, you know. So my father really looked at teaching kind of like coaching. And I think, and, and to this day, I still kind of have this idea that I think the best teachers are also the best coaches. The people that not only teach children well with knowledge and academics, but they can relate with kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not about just throwing stuff at them. It's about kind of, you know, connecting with kids on their level in a lot of different ways. And to be honest with you, that's really kind of the thing I took from my dad that every kid learns differently and we're going to teach differently to each kid. But another thing too is to be super exciting, to have fun with the kids. I think it's awful when you walk into a classroom and the kids are like, man, I got to do this class again. So one of the things that I've took from my dad was I want my kids to walk through my classroom and they'll be like, you know, not, you can't do everything fun every day, but I want the kids to walk in and go, man, Mr. Alshimer, what are we doing today? You know, who's getting pied in the face today? What game are we playing today? You know, we might have to take notes for 15 minutes, but what kind of fun, entertaining thing are we going to do today? What stories are you going to tell us? They love when I tell them stories. So I think the biggest thing for, I took from my father is, one, um, teaching like a coach and, and connecting with kids, but also making things as absolutely as exciting as I possibly can. Yeah, I love that. Thinking about back when I was in school and when I was in college and even through my training in the Marine Corps, in classes where the instructor was, or teacher was engaged and, you know, every, everyone in the classroom was involved and you knew it was going to be exciting, it kept you on your toes, that is when the learning really occurred. Absolutely. Not, Absolutely. And there's, I think there's just too much just sitting in the desk, you know, l- listening and being a passive learner or a passive participant in the class. Absolutely. I think today more, more than any other time period in history, also with the kids, with all the technology they have, they're essentially like they come into a classroom and really what they want to be is entertained. And as right. bad as that sounds that, to, you know, teachers are like, well, I'm not an entertainer. Luckily for me in the content that I teach as a history teacher, I'm, I, it's all about entertainment and right. storytelling. But that's you kind of have to turn into that. If you want to make your classroom exciting and fun, if you want to make kids really gravitate towards whatever topic it is, whether it's math, language, arts, doesn't matter what you're doing. Right. You have to make it in some form or fashion entertaining. And that sometimes is being a storyteller. Other times it's getting kids up and moving around the classroom. You should be walking by a classroom, and yes, you're going to see times where kids are at their desk because there's things that you have to do. But a lot of times kids should be up and doing fun stuff, engaging with each other, engaging with the teacher, laughing. When a, when a principal walks by your classroom, they should see smiles on the kids' faces. And it shouldn't be fake. It should be the kids genuinely like, man, I love this class because we're doing this or we're doing that. We're up and moving around. We're playing games. We're on the floor. We might be in the back corner doing something, getting ready for a project. All these different things you can do rather than just sitting stationary. Absolutely. And you know, I, I see that same thing And owning a, a gym. We have fitness classes. It doesn't really matter what you're teaching. If you're able to entertain and keep their attention and let them leave the class on a high note, Absolutely. having to enjoy, having exper- enjoyed the experience of the class, mm-hmm. I think it's a win. And they're going to keep coming back wanting more. Absolutely. And that's when, when they come back and they know it's going to be exciting, that's when you can really make that impact. And so honestly, really one that. way that I think that teachers can do this and educators can do this, and it works really well for me, is that when you're in a classroom, what do kids get excited about? Nine times out of ten, it's competition. So if you could take something very simple, like one thing, I, we were learning maps one time. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're, I'm trying to teach kids like countries, and they don't care about that. Like, let's be honest. But the moment that I put a bell in the front of my room and I said, okay, this half of the room versus this half of the room are guys versus girls. It's whoever can get it the fastest, and we're going to put points up on the board. You know, I went through the countries in like a couple of minutes. I said, here's your homework assignment. Try to study. 
you know, we went over it really quick in class. The next day they show up, we turn it into a competition. Dude, it lit the room on fire. Kids were all right. over the place trying to, just excited about something as simple as that. And if you can take anything and turn it into a competition, you could have kids running from one side of the room to the other, trying to beat the other side of the room. Mm-hmm. You know, we did another activity where I had kids form an assembly line. In each, in each um, section of the room, there was a row of students who had a certain thing that they had to do. And as soon as I said, okay, we're going to learn about the assembly line, I could have wrote that on the board and said, Henry Ford used the assembly line to make cars. Just you know. speak, speak to it. Right, exactly. So instead, now I have kids standing up, and I said, okay, on your market set, whatever row can get the most done in a minute, boom. And the kids were on fire, and they loved it. And that's what they're going to remember, exactly. right? And that's, even when it comes to test time, because obviously testing is important, mm-hmm. and whether it's positive or negative, that's how we evaluate many mm-hmm. students. Yep. But when they're in that test, and they're nervous, and they're you know, maybe they're not a good test taker when they think back, oh, assembly line, bam, triggered. Exactly, dude. I'll be honest with you. The kids that, t- when we took the test, almost every kid got that question right. I would, probably, I, would, I would say 99 out of 100 kids got that question right. And half the time as they're taking the test, I can tell when I did a really good job on something because I'll see kids like kind of smirking like, oh, I remember oh, yeah. when we did this or that's when <laughs> Mr. Alzheimer said that funny joke or that's when we did this one activity. So, you know, that's what made classes fun. And that's what gets kids engaged, you know? Right. And I think you're hitting, you know, every way that kids are learning, mm-hmm. you know, kids auditory, yeah. visual. And then mm-hmm. that biggest one, I think, especially in the middle age, age group is that kinesthetic, Absolutely. kinesthetic learning when they're actually doing something, they're right. up, they're engaged, they're active. The body is stimulated. Yes. Um, that's when they're really going to take Yeah. It if in. you're creating stuff and if you're moving around, then uh, like, for example, we're about to jump onto our World War One unit. And one of the biggest things that we talk about, you know, we talk about imperialism in the countries and things, but one of the things that kind of get kids kind of wrapped into it is we talk about the difference in warfare. One of the ways we do is we talk about trench warfare. Love well, we that. turn our room into a trench warfare. We literally do. On one side of the room, we turn the desk over. That's one trench. And then we talk about the, the setup where there's no man's land in the middle and yep. it was destroyed by artillery. And then on the other side, we have no man's land. Or on the other side, we have our trenches as well. So we flip the desks over and then I have kids taking turns running across no man's land trying to make it through. It's literally like a two-minute activity, but it's crazy and the kids love it. I think I saw this on Saved by the Bell. <laughs> she was teaching Civil War, yeah. Zach Morris. Dude, <laughs> that's the best. And honestly, the kids love that stuff. And then I also had kids creating their own trenches. Right. And so, on, again, it's another activity where I could talk about. And that's the nice thing. If you can take a topic that a lot of times you could run through in 10 seconds. Now, some teachers don't have the, the luxury of using all that time. Right. But you got to find ways to make time in certain circumstances. Because if you really want your class, if you really want your kids to remember this stuff, then you got to find ways to get them to remember it. And if you right. got to take a little extra time to make something fun and exciting, do it. Because in the long run, that test score is going to go up. In the long run, the kids are going to be much more well-behaved. Again, test scores going up because they walk in and they say, I love Mr. Alzheimer's class. I'm going to sit here and behave because I know I'm going to do something cool by the end of the class. You yeah. know? Yeah, I love that. And when they're engaged, man, it's just so much easier to impact them and it's get so them much to retain. Easier. so much easier. So much information. So before we move on, I want, give me one thing. This is kind of teacher to teacher. Right. What If, if I'm not an outgoing, you know, creative, I, I just love knowledge and I love sharing that knowledge, sure. but maybe I'm the the visual or the auditory learner, right. and that's how I typically teach, mm-hmm. what is something they can do to kind of push themselves to that next level and maybe connect on a deeper, deeper level? Honestly, f- for somebody like that, I would say, you know, you have a lot of resources at your base. Number one, you should be talking to people around you. You know, I, I, I've, I'm a firm believer in as well as I think I might know something or do something, I'm very active in talking to my peers. I'm very active on social media, hunting down. I'm going to use the word hunting down, Mm -hmm. hunting down ways to make my classroom better. 
Um, I'll get online and look up stuff. And honestly, like there, I'm a visual learner, so I, everything's got to be visual for me. But at the same time, not everybody learns the same way I do. And I yes. have to, and a lot of teachers have to understand they have to mix it up. So the best approach for someone like that, in my opinion, is just go all out and ask everybody, look, turn over every rock possible to find a new, to find a new activity, to find a new whatever. All right. There, Nothing should be off limits. Just like we, we say nothing should be off limits to bringing cool things to our school, nothing should be off limits for creating fun activities for our students. Absolutely. I love that. Uh, so moving on, you've been teaching for 10 years. Yep. Kind of what's next for you? Where are you going from here? Yeah. I know you have large, huge aspirations <laughs> to impact not only yeah, other educators, but students. And that's what this, this is all about is change and how you're going to yeah. create change in the future. So what's... What's coming next? Dude, honestly, I got a lot of things on the line. I'll, I'll say this. I'll start with this. Nothing's off the table right now. <laughs> We're taking you nothing. know what I mean? Nothing's <laughs> off the table. I, I live with the why not mentality, man. Awesome. So if I look at something, I'm going to try it. I'm going to see if it's cool. Um, right now, what I'm looking at is I'm, I'm, I'm in the mix of my uh, getting my leadership degree. Okay. So next on the horizon is taking over my own school. I'll be graduating at the end of next year. So anybody listening that wants to hook up a uh, a teacher with a job. If, if Hamish Brewer doesn't have an offer, <laughs> you know, hit me up, man. Um, but but that's on the horizon. I want to take over schools, man. I want to take over. You know, I have a great mentor in Hamish Brewer um, who showed me, you know, a lot of ways to to take a, a failing school and make it amazing. Um, I've been I've been immersed in my classroom for years, trying to take my classroom to the next level. I see how someone can take a school to the next level. So I want to do the same thing. You know, I've worked in two. Both schools I worked in were failing schools. This one completely changed. Mm -hmm. And I want to take the knowledge I've learned here, and I've been inspired to go, and I want to share it with other people. You know what I mean? I want to hang around with Hamish as much as I can. Um, but eventually, you know, he's going to move on to bigger and better things, I'm sure. So I want to take that knowledge and move on and, and, and change schools. Additionally, uh, I also want to share what I know with other people, man. And I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I know everything. I'm not going to pretend like I know more than everybody. Uh, I'm not even going to pretend to say I know more than the average teacher, but I do know a couple of things really well, and I'd like to share that with a lot of people. So right now, I'm also in the mix of writing a book. Um, I'm talking to publishers right now, trying to figure out how to get uh, the book published right now. I'm talking to a publisher right now that everybody knows. I'm mm -hmm. not going to say who that is. Um, but uh, so I'm writing a book about how teachers can influence their school culture, you know, because I'm not a leader yet. I can't speak on that. Um, but my book talks about how a teacher's approach to changing a school can happen. And additionally, I'm also um, kind of mixing it up with speaking. So I'll be yep. doing, uh, I spoke once with Hamish Brewer over at Potomac High School. And uh, I'll be speaking in about two weeks at, at Woodbridge High School at the Student Leadership Summit. And I want to kind of branch out and do that with uh, speaking with other students and also teachers, man. I want to start uh, getting involved in conferences and just sharing the knowledge I have. And I, I want to learn from a lot of people. But I do right. have knowledge, I admit that. And I would like to share that with the world. Yeah, and if, if someone is actually listening and they are looking for a speaker, kind of mm -hmm. what would be your wheelhouse? My wheelhouse. That's what you're yeah. going to bring to the table. Honestly, what it comes down to is the things that I like to talk about the most are the bigger change. You know, how do you change the culture of your school building, but from the teacher's perspective? You know what I mean? And, and some of the things that, you know, we've brought to Fred Lynn, I mean, we brought MMA fighter Paul Felder here. I mean, he's a UFC fighter. He should... What business does he have at a middle school? And a lot of teachers look at that and they find that as an alternative approach to education. Like, why are you bringing fighting to a school? And I, I hunted that down. And so I'm going to be talking about when I speak to students or to teachers, alternative ways to go out on a limb and try to find big things to bring to your school. You know, one was him. Another one was I reached out to uh, a clothing company, Young and Reckless. Um, the owner is 
uh, drama from mm -hmm. a lot of different reality TV shows. Um, and just looking for these opportunities and, and talking about the ways that I did that to make my school a better place. Also building relationships with kids, all these different things. How do they change the culture of a school? And how do they kind of create this infectious school environment where kids are happy to see you, you know, but it's from the teacher's perspective. Right. Yeah, I love that. And two things I kind of want to pull on a little bit harder there to make sure they're really absorbed and that I've observed just working here with you as well sure. is that that willingness to reach out to people sure. and not think like, oh, they're going to tell me no anyways. Right. Because like, if you never ask, you're never going to know. Absolutely. And, I, and that's what I've seen is like you're willing to ask you know, clothing line CEO and MMA fighter. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to go to the depths, man. Like the stuff we did in the last year here was nuts. And we've done, and I'll say this from the school perspective, we've done tons of things. I mean, we have, um, I, I know pretty soon here in the next couple of months, we have an Olympic athlete coming here. Um, we had a PE teacher reach out to a rapper. We threw a rap concert on a whim just because our soccer team won a championship. I mean, who does that? Right. Um, one of my good buddies, uh, Thomas Annunziata, who's our athletic director, He's trying to get uh, more sports equipment. So what is he doing? He's reaching out to the J.J. Watt Foundation, and he's trying to get J.J. Watt to hook us up. I mean, maybe we can even get J.J. Watt here. Right. But this, all this different stuff, it's kind of like this mentality of why not. You know, right. 99 no's and a yes is still a yes. It, the way I look at it, every single time someone says yeah. no, you're one step closer to a yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And if that's what you look at, you're like, hey, I appreciate you saying no. Absolutely. I have a better opportunity to get a yes. Absolutely. And you know what? We... Over the summer this last year, I think I reached out to, I don't even know, 20 clothing brands, trying to find someone to, because the, the purpose of it originally was to help our students in need. You know, we have a lot of students in need at Friendly Middle School, just like a lot of different schools do. Right. Um, and, and I also, when I reached out to these different clothing lines, I said, you know, we got a lot of students in need. We could help them by hooking them up with some clothes. But additionally, I thought, let's not just stop there. Let's create student leadership with an opportunity. Like, we want to use your clothing not only to help kids that need it, but to also get kids to start doing things that promote, you know, helping kids in the hallway, showing acts of kindness, working hard in the classroom. And if they see a really cool clothing brand, they're willing to do that. Like if we just, you know, I didn't want to look at just anything and say, let's get just anything, although that's great. If I would love anybody to help us out. But I was looking for something that kids would look at and go, man, I really, really want that. Mm -hmm. And we had, and, and honestly, a TV, you know, celebrity that lives in Los Angeles that's worth tons of money. You know, why would he give a middle school teacher from Virginia any time of day? Right. And honestly, when, when we got hit back by Young and Reckless and they're like, yes, we're going to send you thousands of dollars worth of stuff. Here you go. Have fun with it. And all of a sudden I had kids at my door knocking on my door. How do I get a shirt? How do I get a shirt? And I said, all you got to do is have your teacher email me and say that you are going extra above and beyond in class or in the hallway. Yep. I mean, it creates a whole new environment. And the thing is, the teacher's got to understand, and educators in general, is that nothing should be off the table. And it's okay to hear no 100 million times. But if you get that one yes and you change the life of one kid because they feel special, because they have nothing, and all of a sudden now they picked up some trash in the hallway or they helped a kid with their bag when they dropped it, and now they get a brand new shirt or a brand new jacket, that just meant the world to that kid. And here's the thing. When we get into education, the purpose of it is when we're working with youth, regardless of if it's teaching at a school or you're working with youth in an after-school program, you're doing this to affect a kid on another level. And as teachers, we always want to be that one teacher that they remember. That's, that's kind of my goal in life. I want to be that teacher that every kid looks back and goes, I remember Mr. Alzheimer. We all had that teacher. You know, We might have hated school, but we had one teacher that we connected with. And if you go above and beyond and you, and you are not afraid to hear the word no, and you're trying to find great people to bring in, you're trying to build great partnerships either with the local community or across the nation, 
the next thing you know, you're going to have students that remember you forever because what you did for them, you put yourself out there. You know, you put your you put your reputation on the line. Maybe you put your ego on the line. And I hate hearing the word no, to be honest with you. So I put my ego on the line time and time again to have an opportunity to make my kids love coming to school and feel special. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it's all about. You know, we have to stop looking at, you know, I want to be a great teacher today and start thinking about that lifelong absolutely. impact that you're going to provide the teacher. When when a student's going, you're a middle school teacher, when a student's going to high school, when a student's right. going to college, when a student's looking for his first job, or whatever, right. whatever route they take, going to the military, if they look back and they still have those lessons that you taught them absolutely. in middle school and they remember how you cared, and they remember how you went above and beyond, mm-hmm. and they start to embody that same mentality, that's the impact that really matters. It really is, too, because when you talk about education, it's not about learning facts on a page. Right. You know, kids don't remember you because they love fractions. You taught them how to do fractions. Kids love you because, and they were good at fractions because they love you. Right. And you know what? That love for you might have gotten them to do well in school. And the next thing you know, they're like, I've never gotten a B in a class in my whole life. And now I just got my first B. And you just gave them that confidence boost that they've never had. Next thing you know, their academics are going to continue to improve. If we're working on the character of these kids, then we need to go above and beyond and show them all these different things that we're willing to do for them. If we're showing them that we care for them, we're willing to put ourselves out on a line for them. They're going to see all this stuff. They're going to work harder in the classroom. You know, they, they might not work hard in that class because they don't think that teacher cares. But they might do anything for you, run through a brick wall for you, which they nor. I had a kid the other day. I had a kid uh, last month say, I've never studied for a test in my life. And he said, Mr. Alzheimer, I'll be honest, please don't yell at me. I've never studied for a test in my whole life, but I study for your tests. I can't tell you what that did to me. You know, honestly, that made me feel, I was like, man, that's what, it's, that's what I'm doing this for, man. Yep. You know, to impact him. And who knows? And he honestly is getting straight A's in my class. And I don't and I don't know if he was a straight A student before, if he's never studied. But let me tell you what, if he carries that into his next grade levels and into high school, maybe whatever I did that sparked that that need to to work hard, whether it was because I cracked a joke and he you know, he obviously knows I care about him. Maybe now that's gonna push him academically and then he's gonna succeed in the future where maybe he never would have. And that's why we do what we do. Absolutely. So Want to finish with that? It was a great, great topic. Thanks, man. Um, before we move on to the final question, kind of share where people can follow you. I know you're very active on Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. So yeah. if you could share that. Absolutely. I'm very active on Twitter. Uh, my Instagram and Twitter handles are at uh, Mr. Underscore Alzheimer. Um, so if you want to follow me and check out what my classes are doing, I post stuff on both social media sites. Uh, so check me out, man. Yeah, I'll post that in the show notes. Make sure cool. you guys reach out, follow. Obviously, has tons of experience and ideas. And for I'd the love classroom. to learn from you guys too. Let's go. Yeah, let's let's help definitely help make me some out sharing. too. Yeah, yeah. So going to the final question, and we're going to ask everyone this question. Obviously, you've got big things on the horizon with the book and speaking and taking over schools. When your change in the world is complete, what is that going to look like? Honestly, I'm going to say two things. Yep. I would like to see every type of kid advocated for. You know, um, so from the student's perspective, I remember when I was in school, you know, I worked really, really hard. I wasn't the greatest test taker. So originally in in high school and middle school, you know, my grades were, you know, pretty average, probably a little bit better than average. Um, But a lot of people didn't take me seriously because they kind of overlooked me because they they saw a student that, you know, he works hard, but he's never going to get that A. And I always felt like I was kind of overlooked by my teachers because I didn't get A, you know. And I kind of saw that they, they kind of looked at the student that got the A is more important than me. And that kind of hurt me. And I kind of carried that chip on my shoulder as a teacher. So I guess the best way to, to say um, what I would like to see is that I want teachers 
to go into the classroom and make sure their children know. And I have a sign on my door that says, I don't care about grades, I care about effort. And if it's the wrong answer, make it the best wrong answer I've ever seen. And I know a lot of people on social media are like, well, what, you know, you don't want a doctor who got, you know, poor grades in school. We're not just handing out trophies. You're right, we're not handing out trophies. But you're never going to get that kid who um, struggles and struggles and struggles to work extra hard for you when they think all you care about is that A at the top of their paper. If they think that all their effort means something, then they're going to work so much harder for you. And I see that every day in my classroom, and that's the truth. So that's why that sign's there. So when my work's done, I want the students in the entire world to know that their teachers care about them enough and they care about their effort. Yes, the A is important, but the A is not that Mr. Brewer says all the time, Hamish Brewer says, a grade does not define you. A letter does not define them, and I want my students to know that. And then the other side of it is um, I want the, the stigma in education that alternative approaches to affecting a school in a positive way can get pushed, can get welcomed, not pushed aside. You know, I think too, too often it's like education has to look a certain way. I think it's kind of funny because we have Hamish Brewer kind of breaking the mold with riding a skateboard down the hallway. And it was so funny when he walked into our school, I connected with him on a personal level because that's how I am. I kind of lived the life to the extreme. You know, I've, I've fought MMA. I was an athlete. I was this, I was that. And I've always thought, you know, with school, you have all kinds of different kids in your classroom. You know, every, when, educa- when I'm done with education or when I can walk away from it and say it's complete, it's when... This, when education says it doesn't have to look like this, we're going to meet the needs of every single kid. We'll bring in people that some people think you know might not be perfect for education. We're going to bring them in anyway because there's some kid that needs to hear that person's message. Yep, absolutely. I love that. And hearing that lets me know that education is in good hands <laughs> as you're continuing to move forward absolutely. as a leader. And I look forward to seeing what you do, man. I really appreciate absolutely. your time. Make Thank sure you, you reach out, follow this guy. He's got some good stuff out there. And we'll definitely have you back on the show when you're taking schools over. Let's do it. All right, man. I appreciate it. Thank you.